BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Are you single and struggling with dating or in a long-term relationship and want to take that next step? Or maybe you've been together with your partner forever and you want to spice things up. We Met at Acme is a dating podcast for you, and I really hope you come check it out. I'm Lindsay Metzelar, and we have so much to talk about together. So check out We Met at Acme wherever you listen to podcasts, and I can't wait to meet you. Hey guys, this is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, hi guys. Welcome back to Note to Self. I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. Y'all, it's been a week, all right? So I haven't recorded since like two weeks ago, since I left for the last trip that I went on. I'm recording this on the Tuesday, like prior to it coming out. So we're getting the the major update here. One, I will say, YouTube is back. I am more consistent on YouTube again, not with the podcast yet, but with my actual vlogs. We're, we're taking a step at a time. And I do want to note that I spill some, some tea in the YouTube videos. I don't know what comes over me. I think it's just me sitting alone in my apartment with a camera that I'm like, you know what I need to do? Share too much information. And that was pointed out to me in the comment section of the last YouTube video that I posted. I guess it'll be two back from the, if y'all are listening on a Thursday, there's some tea. There's some tea in the one that I just put up as well. That's going up literally the second that I leave the studio today. So go find it on YouTube if you guys want some other life updates that I'm not going to get on to on the podcast just because I want to have a point to this. The vlog is like, me just like going through my day. And like every time I have a thought, I just kind of share it. So <laughs> I'm trying to have the, a topic for the episode, right? Besides obviously the intros and everything like that. So that's my first update for you guys. Second, I went and got my second peel, my second Zio peel with Dr. Daniel Barrett and Beverly Hills. I get asked a lot where I like to go for skincare, Botox, things like that. And that's my def- that's my favorite office. So Dr. Daniel Barrett is a plastic surgeon. So he has a lot like he can do a lot. Right. But I go to the med spa side of things for both Botox and skincare. And we've kind of come up with like a, a regimen for me and not only at home, but also in the, the office, I'm going to be doing some treatments. I want to do some microneedling. I want to do this new laser that nurse Pam was telling me about. I go to nurse Pam. Her name is actually Pamela Anderson. I believe I'm, I'm pretty sure that's her Instagram that I was given. How insane is that? Slash, I don't know if that's like the best thing ever or like if I would hate that. But anyway, she's the best. She's the best skin ever. So I trust her completely. So we're doing a couple different procedures. Last week I went in 
for appeal. So before the peel, the zeo peel, we did microderm abrasion and then we did the zeo peel. And then my skin was like a little bit dry and like almost red when I left. And like it definitely stung to put like anything on my face, but I put on like hydrating cream on my face, very minimal products going on my face after the peel. Then about two days after the peel, maybe three days, I started actually peeling. Doesn't hurt at all. Just like looks kind of crazy. And I've honestly just stopped peeling like a day ago. So it peeled pretty heavy for about two days. And then I was fine to go in public and everything was okay. So what I did for when I actually started peeling was I put Vaseline or no Aquaphor on my face. And that really helped to calm everything. And now I feel like I have baby skin. I will say some of it's still peeling slightly near like my scalp and like on my nose and stuff. But other than that, we're in business. And I went back in yesterday actually for a microdermabrasion again. So I love the microdermabrasion. I feel like it makes my skin look amazing right after. But doing the microderm, then the peel, then the microderm again was absolutely killer. So once I get a lovely spray tan on, I'm going to feel alive. I'm going to feel youthful, especially after I get this new laser. Allegedly, it targets melasma and discoloration, which I need and I'm prone to redness. So I'm going to try that one next. I'm actually going to go in on Friday for Botox. This week, actually, I'm videoing it, by the way, for YouTube. Like I said, I'm doing a whole like just aesthetic week. I don't know what got into me, but I was just feeling so ugly. So I was like, hey, I'm going to get the peel. I'm going to get the microderm. I just got my hair done today, colored today. I haven't done any of that stuff since pre the how to prep for summer episode because I was prepping for summer with all my things. And that was probably back in May ish, maybe early June. So I need to get my shit together for fall. So I'm also prepping for fall. So tomorrow I'm going to go get my nails done, which I definitely need. I'm going to get a lymphatic drainage massage on Thursday. I'm doing something else on Thursday. I can't remember what it is. And then I'm going to go get, oh, the Botox. And then I'm going to go get my hair cut on Friday. So after this week, I'm going to be, and when the Botox kicks in next week, I'm going to be fucking killing it. Okay. So if you guys, by the way, want to go to Dr. Daniel Barrett's office, again, like I said, he's in Beverly Hills. He does everything from Botox to skincare treatments to fillers, just whatever. He he does literally everything. If you go in there, you can mention my name, just say Peyton sent you. You're going to get 20% off your treatment in October. So the whole month of October, they're doing this special for people who listen to the podcast, people who follow me on social media, which I think is great because if you need to get your re-up of Botox or whatever, or filler or whatever it is that you need, it's just, I don't trust anyone more. And if you can get it discounted, why, why the fuck not? So anyway, that's my little update for you guys when it comes to aesthetics. What else do I have to update you guys on? I've got a whole list. So unfortunately, I am Jane Doe right now. And what I mean by that is I went to a wedding in Colorado for one of my best friends that I discussed previously when we were talking about the traveling episode last week. I did did this thing that I often do where I leave my entire purse because I get too embarrassed to make people look for stuff for me. So I'm just like, it's fine. Like, I'm sure I'll find it later. And then I get nervous and then I just like leave and I do that to my phone all the time. I do it to my like IDs. I do it to credit cards. I just don't want to make everyone stressed because it's my issue. And then I don't, I know that if I go try to find it, then people are going to follow me and be like, we need to help you. And then I get really nervous. So it's not because it necessarily I'm as dumb as I look. Like, I feel like if you hear that I lose stuff as much as I do, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? There is a reason. 
And it's because I don't make it anyone's problem. One of my friends was like, you need to start making this everyone's problem. If you lose something, you need to tell everyone so we can look for it. You don't have to deal with this stuff. So anyway, my ID is long gone. It's been lost prior, my driver's license. I've been going around with my passport. Mm, I lost the entire purse with the passport and the all my credit cards, everything to my name, all of my good makeup. And the purse was really nice. So I was a little upset about that. I got back home from Colorado. I just had to do some extra like checks with TSA. It was a really small airport anyway, so I figured it'd probably be fine. But I don't have any form of identification. So I've been this whole week trying to figure out how the fuck am I going to get a driver's license without a passport because you kind of need that second identification or a passport without a driver's license. Basically, the idea was I'm going to have to go get an ID from the DMV first is what we figured out. And then I have to go get my passport and then have to go to the passport place and like expedite that within like two weeks and then go get my driver's license after that. So anyway, it was going to be a whole disaster. I knew I left this bag on the shuttle from the venue because the venue was kind of out in the middle of nowhere and uh, near Telluride, Colorado. I knew I left it on the shuttle and I called the shuttle place a million times while I was in Colorado because I scheduled in a day post wedding to just like relax there. I call them. I'm like, I know my purse is in the shuttle. And they're like, well, the shuttles are in a separate town and we're not going to get to them until next weekend. So sorry about it. I'm like, great. Not going to make it your problem either. So this was my issue. <laughs> Shouldn't have lost my bag. Anyway, I get a call on Sunday and they're like, hey, we actually have your bag. So things are looking up. They're going to send it to me. I had to send them a little label. I have not seen it move yet to come near California, but I'm sure it's on its way. So last weekend I went out with no identification at all. So that was nice. And I just tried to wing it. And it was kind of a disaster, but I tried my best. I've been staying in and I have been, I can't like buy myself like wine or weed or anything. So I've just been like sitting around and on Friday night I stayed in and then mm, actually have some details to tell you all Friday. Oh, you'll see it in the YouTube video for next week. I have some life updates that are unfolding before me right now. And we'll see once I figure out what I want to do in this particular situation, this is very cryptic, but I'm going to look back and, and reference this episode when I talk about it. I'll let you know. And again, you'll see more about that in the YouTube video. Yeah. I can't tell if you're going to kill me or if you're going to think this is great news, but we'll, we'll figure it out <laughs> when the time comes. So those are my updates for the intro here. And then in terms of content corner, I have a big one for you guys. My friend Morgan, again, the person who shows me all the great podcasts, Morgan Riddle, who was on this podcast, she recommended a podcast to me called Help Me Be Me. And I have listened to so many episodes. I honestly don't know much about the host of this podcast, but she just has really great things to say about like every topic I'd ever want to know anything about. It's a lot of like she she says it's self-help for people who don't like self-help. I mean, I'd like self-help and I like it too. So Anyway, I think it's really good. Some of the topics are kind of repetitive, but it's very similar to what we cover on Note to Self. And if y'all go listen to this and I put you on to Help Me Be Me, you have to promise me that you're not going to replace me with Help Me Be Me. You have to promise. Because when else are you going to get little anecdotes about losing your entire purse and being a feral street rat while also getting some self-help? Not on Help Me Be Me. She's way too put together for that. <laughs> so anyway... I love that one. Highly recommend. And then on TikTok, I found this girl, Vanessa Nicole Stern. She does a lot of makeup stuff. And very rarely do I see someone's makeup that I'm like, besides like really famous, like 
makeup artists, obviously, that I'm like, fuck, I want your makeup on my face right now. And she's not a makeup artist, I don't think. I can't. I think she's like a makeup creator. Super talented. I love the way she talks about makeup. I love the products. Like everything she recommended in a couple of the videos I watched, I have purchased and I got them like sent Sephora same day to me. I actually have some of them on today. So Vanessa's great. That's Vanessa Nicole Stern. I think it's all one word. And then I have some news from the Sarton family. My mother has started a TikTok. She she's killing it. She actually has a TikTok with like two million views on it. And I'm so excited for her. I'm trying to help her. It's really my brother. Obviously, my brother is pulling the strings behind here, but it's called Makeover Mama, which I don't know how that wasn't taken already. Makeover Mama at Makeover Mama. And she does like a lot of just like home stuff. The one that went viral is her organizing her spice drawer. And I will say my parents' kitchen is fucking stunning. So she's getting a lot of comments on that as well. But she went like completely viral. They started an Amazon shop and everything. My brother is so excited. My mom's like, your brother has spent so much money on stuff for these videos on Amazon that there's no reason to make an Amazon shop because like we're not we're not going to make any money. (laughs) He is spending so much fucking money. I will say on the video that I saw, the one that went viral, I didn't know this existed, but my mom has this little mini vacuum, like a teeny handheld vacuum. When I mean teeny, I mean like literally three inches by three inches max. It's a little handheld vacuum for like your kitchen counters and like your drawers and stuff, which amazing idea. I'm obsessed with that idea. So I will be buying that from her Amazon shop. I also have an Amazon shop. I feel the need to plug here. I can put that in the description. I think it already is actually. But I update that all the time because I'm always buying stuff on Amazon, obviously. But I found some really good stuff on Amazon lately for my home, including the vacuum that my mom put me onto. And now I'm going to put it on my Amazon shop so I can make the commission. It's it's my mom would be happy for me. She's happy. OK. Anyway, what else? What else do I have here? That's really all I have for content corner. Really, you'll need to go listen to help me be me. What else have I been listening to on podcasts, though? I've kind of started to listen to what is this one episode or this one podcast I was listening to? I'm really into like history sometimes, only very specific topics. Today I listened to, it's called In Our Time. I think I mentioned it before. Today I listened to the episode about Louis Fourteenth, The Sun King. And I am very intrigued with that time period. This is the 1600s, especially in France, because France was gigantic in comparison to like all the other countries around it. So it was like such a power. Anyway, Louis Fourteenth came to, like power when he was like four years old. So he has just such an interesting life where he's like built to be a king. So I listened to some of that today. If you want something that's like easy to listen to just history wise, there's all these random topics. I like that one too. Today's episode is sponsored by Natural Diamond Council. Did you know that you can tell the difference between a laboratory grown diamond and a natural diamond? Laboratory-grown diamonds are mass-produced in factories in just a few weeks and are easily detected due to their distinct patterns. On the other hand, natural diamonds are over a billion years old and support the livelihoods of over 10 million people worldwide. The positive impact of natural diamonds is widespread. Around 80% of the value of every rough diamond remains in local communities and supports infrastructure, healthcare, education, and environmental protection. So next time you're thinking of celebrating a special moment in your life, remember that your natural diamond also protects vulnerable wildlife species and brings prosperity to many less fortunate communities around the world. For more information, visit naturaldiamonds.com. 
Also to note, the diamond industry has undergone significant positive transformation over the past 20 plus years. To learn more about the stringent ethical standards, commitment to sustainability, and progress of the modern diamond mining industry, visit naturaldiamonds.com forward slash thank you. So as y'all know, I'm always trying to do right by my body. So when it comes to my hair and scalp health, finding a product that actually works and is made with clean ingredients always seems like a trade-off. Truly, it's either it does work and we love her and it smells good or it's natural. The end. But with Vegamore, I get products that are made with clean ingredients and give me visibly healthier hair and scalp. With Vegamore, I'm able to have visibly thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair, all without the harsh ingredients. Each cute pink bottle of Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. So I use Vegamore absolutely every single day. I'm sure if you'll follow me on social media, you'll have also seen that my friends come over and actually steal my Vegamore. I'm talking to you, Iman. She has stolen my Vegamore biotin gummies every time I get them. Okay. I have gotten to use them like one time and Iman stole them, but she just loves them so much. She said it's the highlight of her morning and she's my best friend. So I kind of have to give them to her. I feel like, but anyway, like the other day she came over and was like, do you have any more Vegamore in your little, in your little products? Um, closet. I'm like, absolutely not. I don't. Okay. Get away from me. <laughs> so I use Vegamore every single day. When I can get my hands on my biotin gummies, I, I have those every single day. They do taste freaking great. And they really have helped what I've noticed, especially with Iman is her nails have been growing like crazy. I use my Vegamore grow serum every day. I would say that's like one of their most popular formulations. The fun fact is that Vegamore sells one bottle of the grow serum every 15 seconds on their website. So that's how good this stuff is. I use that every single day. I kind of go between the hydrate line, the shampoo and conditioner, uh, washing my hair or the grow line shampoo and conditioner, washing my hair. And then of course the hydrate mask is my absolute number one, number one, number one favorite. I use that once a week. So what's really great about Vegamore is they have value kits like the grow essentials kit where you get to try more than one amazing product at a great savings. When you sign up for a monthly subscription, you actually save more and you never run low on the products you need to take care of your hair. I'm a big subscription girly. So I've got all that locked and loaded, ready to go. Don't have to think about it. The key is consistency in your routine for your most beautiful, healthy looking hair. I use my Vegamore grow serum, like I said, daily and my hair and scalp are flourishing because your scalp health is so, so insanely important your hair growth. And I don't know why I didn't think of that sooner. So give your hair the power of the little pink bottle with Vegamore for a limited time. Note to self listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash note to self and use code note to self at checkout. That's V E G A M O U R.com slash note to self code note to self to save 20% on your first order. V E G A M O U R.com slash note to self code note to self. All right, so let's get into the Ask P of it all, guys. I've gotten some juicy questions for Ask P. I got a couple like super juicy ones that I didn't actually want to answer on air because one of them is about like an influencer whose now fiance is allegedly cheating on her. And I would hate for her to listen to this. Like she, the person never says who she is or anything. But I just don't want to go into detail about the situation because I don't want to guess who it is. And I don't want her to ever possibly see this. Though I think if you're seeing this right now and if you're the person who asked that, I might want to know that information. But that's all I have to say about that because I don't want to just like out that on, you know, on air. 
But along with that, there have been some other really juicy ones. And I got a hot medical tip from someone, which I will share at the very end because I think she had some points to be made. So more on that later. Let's just get into this. We're going to get into question one. There are five questions. Again, before I start, pause. Note to self is all about connecting with yourself. You know yourself better than anybody else. And the point of this whole podcast, even through all the random topics we cover, is that you need to, in every area of your life, connect with yourself. Like we talked about last week, you don't need to do what you should be doing, quote unquote, should be doing, because no one knows what they should be doing. Connect with yourself. You're the one who knows your whole situation, as much information as these questions include for me. I obviously don't know the bigger picture. I don't know other actors involved. I don't know you and your background completely. And I don't know how you feel specifically and how you operate. So this is really just for fun. But I urge you, if I answer your question, take it with a grain of salt. This is just me pitching in my opinion to the hat because I've been asked to (laughs) this. you, You have asked me. So it's not unsolicited. And I just like to kind of connect with you guys. I feel like everyone kind of we all live the same life. So these are all questions or situations that we can relate to. And maybe it'll get you thinking about your own situation. But again, take my opinion with a grain of salt. I don't know what I'm talking about either. All right. Connect with yourself. This is about you. With that said, we will start. Question one. All right. Hi, I've been listening to Note to Self for a couple of years now, and I'm a huge fan. Your advice is so sound and your perspective always align with my own. Thank you so much for listening. I am in dire need of some non-biased, long-distance relationship advice. None of the people in my life have been in a long-distance relationship. My boyfriend and I have been dating for almost a year. He is in the Navy and is currently in flight school in Pensacola. I loved your episode with your dad about his fighter pilot career, and that's what my boyfriend's dream is to be one day. That's fucking awesome. It has been hard doing long distance as I I am the one who constantly has to travel to him. He is so amazing. Our values are the same. He does so much for me and I know he truly adores me and loves me and vice versa. I can see myself spending the rest of my life with him and continuing to sacrifice for our relationship. Except one thing. Our sex life is filled with fights. I have never fully been pleased and at times it feels as if I'm having sex with a frat boy. I have taken your advice on addressing our sex life outside the bedroom and have told him I am not happy and our intimacy should be a priority. Almost every time I try to initiate sex, he says he's too tired or that sex is a special thing that should not be done every day or it loses its specialness and he denies me. I feel like there is an underlying reason. I don't think he was a virgin before me, but it is evident he is obviously very inexperienced and immature in the bedroom. Every time he initiates sex, I am down, but it still is centered around him. I have gone to bed in tears feeling rejected by this. What do I do? This is one thing. This one thing is causing me to want to end things because at the end of the day, I should be a priority to him in the bedroom too. Love H. Okay. So drawing, I was in a long distance relationship. As y'all know, some of you guys know I was in one for about a year and a half before we moved in together. And I would call our long distance relationship, especially very successful. At this point, I'm still single right now, but I would say previous to us moving in together in that situation I was in, I think I was really good at long distance. So I like answering these questions because I do feel like I know what I'm talking about, especially with the background of the whole fighter pilot thing. Obviously, my dad was a fighter pilot for most of my life, and we actually were stationed in Florida near Pensacola for the first eight years of my life or around there. So I like that you say you point out that you always have to go to him. I think it's one of those things that like when you are with someone who does something that's so specific like this, like Max playing baseball and they cannot leave where they are, 
I feel like people always look down on me for being like, oh, well, she did so much for him. She moved for him. She did. I'm like, what was my other fucking option, dude? He doesn't have a normal job. I can't be like, hey, by the way, hey, guy, why don't you just stop the middle of your season and just come see me? Like, you can't tell your boyfriend like, hey, come. While you, I know you're in flight school and everything for like one of the most intense jobs that has ever existed and they have a very serious schedule and you cannot leave. Why don't you just like come see me for brunch one day? <laughs> like, fuck, he can't. You know what I mean? So I like that you're understanding of that because I think some people can't understand or live that life. That's one thing, again, I got a lot is why are you doing so much for him? And I'm like, what are my other options? Is either I don't see him or I go see him. This is what I signed up for. If you're dating someone who has a job like this, this is just the job. And the part of the reason I liked him so much and probably part of the reason you respect your boyfriend so much is he's so ambitious and going for a job that is truly so insane that requires committing basically your entire life to. And when you date someone like that, that's what you sign up for. But again, I come from a family where my dad did something like that my whole life. So when it came to the long distance part of it all and the relationship and having to do a lot when it came to his job, I was used to that because that's just like what I was modeled my entire life. So I also like that you say he's amazing. His values are the same as yours, which is very important. And he does a lot for you because I think it's important when you are putting yourself in a position where you're having to travel a lot or like later in the line, you want to move in with him and you have to go where he is. To me, it was always very important that the person I was with that I was doing this stuff for was also fulfilling me in a way and going out of his way for me in the ways that he could. And I felt like that was very matched on the back end for me. And it seems like you're saying yours is too. So we're, we're talking about the good things right now, right? I think when it comes to the sex issue that you're having, there's so many different ways I could answer this because I think the older I get, the more I realize some people view relationships just differently. I have friends who view relationships as partnerships. I have friends that got married to people they aren't super attracted to and don't really have sex with. And they have somewhat of an open relationship or they don't have an open relationship, but they don't have sex a whole lot. And it's just not a priority in their lives. And they decided the priority is our partnership. And this person is my life partner. I love them. They're my best friend. And if the sex part doesn't fall into place, it doesn't mean much to me. Like it's just not a big deal to me. And the reason I say this is I feel like you need to decide what you want first and foremost. Obviously, from this, it sounds like sex is very important to you. So get really real with yourself. Is sex something that you absolutely need? And there are a certain type of sex or a certain way to approach sex that you really need your partner to have. For me, for example, sex is incredibly important. I have been in relationships before where I wasn't having not only not good sex, but just like I wasn't really attracted to my partner that much. Loved them to death, respected them to death. They were the best people ever. But I just didn't. And this has happened multiple times. I just didn't feel that sexual chemistry that I needed to feel. And after being in a relationship where the sex was unbelievable, I know that I need that. I don't know necessarily that I would call it the backbone, but I definitely need that in my relationship. So that's something I've decided for myself as well. But first, I would get really real with yourself when it comes to that. Going off of what you're saying here. It seems like sex is very important to you and that you don't feel respected by the way he's chosen to go about this. And you also feel rejected. It feels like your needs aren't being met. One, you feel like you're being rejected. And you also feel like I'm assuming that he's not really listening to you because obviously nothing is changing. So I don't know if he's ever like, I don't know what, what point he is in the pilot scenario, but Flight school is a bitch, especially when they go through things like SEER training where they literally like torture you. I don't know if your boyfriend's going to do that, but I don't know what part of the, you know, military or what kind of fighter pilot he's going to be, what kind of pilot he's going to be. But once you become a fighter pilot, they put you through some pretty serious training. When 
my dad was gone and mostly through his deployment years, which was from when I was born basically to until I was 12. He was very preoccupied with work, very much so. But it requires a whole lot. Obviously, they're flying like he was flying an F-15 twice the speed of sound like a lot. And like there are times where you're like your eardrums burst because you're going so fast. And then like you go to seer training and they like literally torture you and like put you in a box and fill it with water and leave you in there for eight hours. And then they like make you think that you're being chased by the enemy and they like essentially starve you and don't let you drink water. And then you have to like distill your MP and drink it like they literally <laughs> put you through the fucking ringer and then they send you to war. So. Maybe I know you're saying um, you let's see. I feel like there's an underlying reason that stood out to me a lot because I think it's very important to acknowledge and understand the stress that this person might be going through, because not only is flying fighters really stressful and flight school very stressful because it's like the best of the best of the best of the best. Like my dad explained in the, in the episode when he was in flight school, he went through flight school with 40 people. And if you wanted to fly a fighter, you had to be the number one person. And even then you might not even get a fighter. So, and he luckily was, but he had to work his fucking ass off to be that. So he could be preoccupied with work. And this is something you could bring up to him. I will say in my experience with the military, the preoccupation with job, it's not, it doesn't happen to everyone, but the men in my family who have been in the military are pretty preoccupied with their job. It is number one. You have to be understanding of that in pretty much all situations. So I know that if I dated a guy in the military, I know what I'm looking at when it comes to that, especially in times of war. Of course, this was also like right pre 9-11, post 9-11 that I my family was in the military. So it was just like a very intense time to be being deployed and everything. Now I feel like things have calmed down a little bit. But anyway, you need to you need to be aware. And this is from a person who understands the situation. You need to be aware of what you're getting yourself into on the back end because the underlying reason could be that he's pre- preoccupied with this job and he will be probably preoccupied with this job because I don't know if there's a way not to be. It is, it eats up your entire life and the lives of the people around you. Would I ever, 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 ever take back being a part of a military family? No, it taught me so much about life. I think it gave me this crazy perspective and made me very independent and I am so unbelievably proud to be a part of a military family. That being said, it is not, it's not easy at all. And there are so many things about it that I had to go to therapy for. And there are so many things about it that kind of drove a wedge between myself and my father and some other members of my family for a very long time. We're in a good place now. I feel like I've never been closer to my dad, but growing up, he kind of was a shell of a person. At least I'm the firstborn. My, my, younger sister's four years younger than me. My little brother's 12 years younger. So he never even saw my dad in the military. He got a completely different person. So I would keep that in mind. Okay. Keep that in mind. But let's shift to you now. This is where you decide, you know, we talked to him about this, maybe we, maybe we bring it up. You don't need to tell him that you talked to me and that I put posted all over a podcast, but maybe talk to him, maybe acknowledge the military thing, maybe acknowledge the stress that he's under, under, tell him that you understand, tell him you're trying to get his perspective. And I never would when talking about sex in general, or really anything in relationships, try to be unnecessarily combative. Like it's right now, I think approaching this as you guys together versus this uneasy feeling that you're having or this issue that you're having that you're trying to solve as a team versus like you just saying it's me versus you. 
and you're not making me happy. You're not giving me what, what I want. I just don't think it's a good way to approach it. It sounds like you probably already know this. But anyway, I would definitely approach it softly and not in a way that you are blaming everything on him and try to be pretty understanding because, again, there could be a very serious underlying issue of the fact that his job is fucking intense and that it's very competitive at this point in the flight school situation. So I do think, though, behaving like a frat boy, stereotypical frat boy, okay? Not every frat boy is like this, but behaving like a frat boy in bed, I don't know how old you are, but not acceptable. Absolutely not acceptable. And if a man I doesn't want you to feel good in the bedroom when they're dating you, I do think that's a major red flag. So I think let's get past the point of talking to him about it. If you bring it up to him a lot and you do your best to be sweet and kind and understanding and be very you guys versus the problem versus you, you know, instead of you versus him. After all of that, if he is still not doing what you need over a little bit of time, I personally would end a relationship like this. Now, that's not saying you could end forever. I'm just saying I would move on because of how I view sex in a relationship. And if I don't see sex in a relationship, I, bare bones, like we're removing all the possibilities of him having stress at work, all the possibilities of him, you know, having whatever underlying issue that he's having. We're giving him every option because you have said you love him so much. You're willing to sacrifice. You're willing to do all these things. We're giving him all the options. If he still, after you've tried, you know your absolute best, does nothing to make you happy in this area that you feel is very important to you, I myself would make the decision to leave that relationship. So that is my very long-winded what to do. Uh, I just wanted to add in some key points about military life or about a life that you're with someone who their job takes up every fucking second of their life because it is such a blessing, but it also there's some bad parts about it, obviously. And this is one of them, but I would give him all the opportunities to succeed at this because just because of the way you talk about him and like the beginning of this whole thing. And I think it's worth it, but we'll see. I'm rooting for you guys, but I'm also rooting mostly for you specifically. I'm proud of you. I love when women tell when women talk about sex like it is really important. And when women have this discourse about it, like I, I try to on it to self when I can, I feel like I love when we talk about how much we love sex because that's that's something that I think sometimes is looked down upon, which I just don't understand because like wouldn't a man want to be with a woman who loves having sex with him? <laughs> Makes sense to me. But I feel like it just women don't talk about it enough like that as openly as as you have here at least um, and as lucky or as openly as I am lucky to talk about on note to self with confidence. So I'm glad you brought that up. Sex is very important to me as well. I fucking feel you. I wish you all the best and keep me updated. You can DM me if you want. If you if you are okay, I won't tell anyone your identity, but DM me and I'll look out for it. Okay. Because I need to know what you did. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. I've said it before, but I wasn't super on board with the idea of summer ending except for the fact that it means fall fashion, cozy outfits. I just love fall style. I love the colors. I love the trends. It's so chic and unbeatable. And heading into winter as well with holiday dressing, I'm actually very excited about this. So Saks.com is making it easy for me to elevate my every day. What an iconic place to shop fashion online. Of all of the fun ways to shop Saks.com, my favorites have to be shopping by their curated shops. So 
You can shop by trend. So you can do like quiet luxury or 90s revival. I'm very big on the quiet luxury look for fall. I think it's just so chic, so simple, so elevated. And Saks has all of the best quiet luxury look goods. Or you can shop by vibe. So like cozy vibes or disco vibes. I've been going to a lot of disco related parties lately. So that's actually very timely. You can shop by star sign or you can shop by situation. So like date or revenge dressing, you know, we absolutely love that. A couple other things I saw on the website are like the power suiting moment, the it accessories or a full fall wardrobe refresh. So this is really good for those of you who need some inspiration heading into fall for what you want to do with your wardrobe this season. I do want to touch on revenge dressing for a second because I feel like that's such a trend right now. And it's actually one of my favorite things. When I go out at night, I'm like revenge dressing all the way. At Saks.com, you can shop by situation like this. So you can find the perfect revenge dress from brands like Christopher Esber, which I've seen everybody wearing lately. I'm obsessed. And Colt Gaia, another classic fave. So if you're like me and you're always looking for easy ways to try new trends, a little direction in that category, or if you want a new wardrobe that fits the era that you're in, then I suggest switching your inspiration scrolling for all of your outfits to Saks.com for new ways to shop for everything every day. With over 200 destinations around the world, Weston Hotels make it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling with signature offerings that help you to move, eat, and sleep well, Weston Hotels make travel an opportunity to enhance your well-being. Okay, how many times have you been on a trip and you're like, all right, we're going on this trip. I'm packing. I'm packing exercise clothes for every single day. I'm packing my supplements. I'm packing my various wellness powders. I have a plan. I'm like, you know what? This time, Peyton, we're going to stay on track. We're going to be healthy because this trip, we're going to feel better. And then day two, it goes completely out the window. I return home. All my supplements have not been taken. Not a single exercise piece of clothing has been worn. So this kills me because if I stay at a hotel that makes wellness easy for me, it would be an absolute game changer. So at Weston, you can work out how you want with a variety of fitness options to keep your wellness routine on track while you're away. Maintain your focus in a Weston workout fitness studio equipped with state-of-the-art equipment. You can do your own thing in your guest room with workout and recovery gear available on demand through Weston's gear lending program, which I think I would kind of go for that option, especially the recovery gear. I love that stuff. So after that, you can nourish yourself, eat well with Weston's eat well menu designed with foods that make sure you meet your nutritional needs. Weston chefs have crafted dishes with your well-being in mind. So you can choose what's right for you based on your desired portion size and nutritional balance. Weston makes it easier for you to continue nourishing your health no matter the destination. And then we're moving on. You can also sleep well. You can recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed. Wind down with Sleep Well Lavender Balm, which eases tensions and soothes the senses. So this is truly, like I said, again, my absolute dream. I'm loving that Weston is taking on this role of like, really trying to keep us all accountable to ourselves. And when I'm traveling, I feel like I need to nourish myself and hydrate more and get more movement in generally, not so much in like a stressful way. Like I don't want to stress about it. And what I love about this is Weston's kind of just like 
handing it to you on a silver platter, how to be healthy. You don't have to think about it for one second, okay? Weston Hotels and Resorts is part of Marriott Bonvoy, an extraordinary portfolio of hotel brands and an award-winning travel program. I'm very familiar with the Marriott Bonvoy travel program. At Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well, so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next stay at Weston. All right, question number two. Hi, Peyton. You've alluded to having established boundaries with your family and also growing up religious. I would love if you could talk more about that. I was raised very Catholic and my family is still very religious. And I recently moved in with my boyfriend, which has caused a lot of tension. They don't agree with this choice and a lot of other choices that I have made. And they constantly make this known to me, which can be exhausting. Do you have any advice for boundary setting with family to protect your mental health? Love, Natalie. She included her name so I can say it. All right, Natalie. Mm. Do I know about this? So one thing I will say, we we grew up, I grew up religious in a sense that I was pretty culturally religious. I mean, growing up in, you know, the Panhandle of Florida and in Texas, most people do that I was around at least identified as Christian believers. Not everyone went to church every week and my family definitely didn't until later. I actually was independently pretty religious in high school and going into college. I felt like I found myself in the church. I felt like I found like a good group of people to be around. I felt very comfortable at the church that I was at. And so I made my family take me to church in the morning and my parents would drop me off at church and then come pick me up. Like they did not attend. The rest of my family actually became pretty religious after <laughs> I became pretty not religious and I would what I would call spiritual, which I am to this day. I'm very into like intuition and spirituality and very much I can very much admit to myself and to the world that I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I can't really like subscribe to a specific religion. But I do know how I feel. I do know how I connect with whatever it is that's out there. Aliens, simulation, God, whatever it is. Who knows? I I feel it. So I have a very personal and intimate connection with that feeling. And I know there's there's got to be something, right? But my mind is open. Okay, I'm open for discussion. I'm open to talking about it. That's where I, I am right now in my religious slash spiritual journey. So my family is now pretty Christian. And for me, this was pretty new for them to all become Christian at the same time, especially after I was independently so for so long and so into it. And now everyone's into it. I'm like, excuse me. Okay, what? <laughs> and then they talk to me about it. Like, I don't know. I'm like, where was everyone when I was making everyone take me to church and y'all were just like going to have breakfast and then picking me up? What is happening right now? Like, honestly, started this trend, okay? Anyway, they are pretty religious, which I'm happy for them for. And I think I noticed a long time ago, I wish it was longer ago than it was, but I came to the decision that I was no longer talking to my family about religion or spirituality because it would always end in tension. It would always end in, well, we believe this, and why don't you believe it with us? And it always would end in me trying to defend myself, but the defense would come out like me trying to convince them not to be religious. And I just feel like that's fucked up too. Like if there's something that is helping my family who I care about live in the world that we live in, because the world can fucking suck sometimes. If there's anything that's making you feel more comfortable and better about that, I don't want to take it from you. But the one thing that I did ask and the one thing I always ask is you don't encroach on me and my life and you don't push your beliefs onto the things that I'm doing and you don't overtly just judge the fuck out of me and then make that known and try to make me feel bad about myself based on what you believe. That's what I ask. I want you to believe whatever you want to believe, whatever makes you happy. But don't make 
me have to follow the same rules. And don't judge me for not because I don't believe that. It's not my thing. Um, and I think I can compartmentalize pretty well. And that's the problem I have with not all members of my family, but some. So when it comes to drawing boundaries, I have had some issues in the recent past with the drawing of boundaries in my family in general, not even when it just comes to religion, when it comes to everything. We are very usually physically close. I would say all four generations of my family, when I go home, hang out very consistently. So they're always together and I'm out here in LA. They're in Texas. So it's literally like my parents, well, my grandparents, who are super close with, who I talk to on the phone all the time, then my parents, then my sister and her husband who live with my parents right now and their baby. And they're all together all the time. Okay. And when I come home, there can be issues with things when there's tensions, when there's any kind of family drama at all, there can be tensions when there's any kind of family, you know, tragedy or anything like that. That's when these tensions are really highlighted for me. So I have recently decided that I don't want to convince them out of something that's helpful for them. Right. But I do want to set a boundary like we're talking about with family members. And I want to be very, very clear about that boundary. So people in my family have a tendency to share their opinions when the opinions are not wanted. And I've been trying to practice, hey, do you want my opinion or do you not want my opinion? That's just a general thing that I try to practice with my friends, with family. I just try to make sure that I'm not doing things unsolicited, which is why I said I'm being, I'm, you all solicited this advice for Ask P. This is the point of this. That's why I'm answering it and giving you my opinion. Anyway, so when it comes to boundary setting, I just plainly say, listen, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't feel comfortable talking about this anymore. Or, hey, I don't really need an opinion right now. And I'm trying not to say it in a mean way. I'll, I'll lead with like, hey, love you, respect you. I want you to do what you need to do. But I am not looking for an opinion. I'm not looking for advice. And I would like to set a boundary here. I will I will say that or I will text it, whatever medium we're using. I will say that. And I usually give them like this last situation I had. I, I said it a couple different times and the boundary was overrun and overrun and overrun and overrun. And I said, you know what? All right. I'm done now. I'm done. I've made it very clear and I am now going to remove your access to me <laughs> until you can, you know, respect my boundaries at whatever point that is, because I'm exhausted. Like you said, it is fucking exhausting. And I had to remove that person's access to me without like couldn't can't contact me anymore. I don't know when that contact will be reestablished. I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, with your family, I always do this shit with my family where like we love each other, but sometimes you're just like, stop. I literally can't talk to you. <laughs> Please stop talking to me. Everything will be fine in the end. But for me and my mental health right now, I cannot handle that. And I could not handle it in the, in the situation that we were in as a family. I could not. I decided that's my line in the, in the sand. So I think for setting boundaries, you need to be clear and you need to be concise and you need to explain without over explaining yourself to, to the level that you're comfortable with. Why it is that you're setting this boundary, I would express that you love and respect this person, that you want them to do whatever it is that they want to do, but these are the decisions you're making as an adult. And if they cannot respect that decision and they continue to cross boundary after boundary, you might need to remove them for a hot second, not forever. And in my situation, I did remove access to me in that. So that is my advice there is you have to make yourself comfortable, especially if you've expressed so many times this makes me uncomfortable and that person still feels the need to make you uncomfortable. It's just so disrespectful. Your family member or not, the love can be there, but maybe just not access to you right now. <laughs> and that's how we handle that. Okay. Key number three. This is on dating a guy you're not attracted to. 
Hey, P, first of all, let me say I love Note to Self, especially the SP episodes, as it's kind of the big sister advice I never received. I'm also the oldest child. I fucking love that. I had so many online big sisters that they didn't know they're my, my online big sister. So I love being one, you know? Okay, so to my question. I, 21 female, have been dating this guy friend of mine for a little bit of time now. He physically isn't my type at all, but emotionally he is. He's the sweetest person and my parents love him. The thing is, I don't feel attracted to him. Like even kissing him isn't something I really enjoy. It's not that I don't like him or that he's a bad kisser, but I've been forcing myself to like like him, which has resulted in giving me the ick. I feel horrible. Out of respect to him, I think I should end things so as I can as I can't really see us having a future. But here comes the hard part. I don't know how to do it. I don't think he knows how I feel. And my mom keeps telling me to just try and like him. I just don't want to hurt him as he's such a great person. I would love your take on it. Love from Europe, by the way. Loved your European girl era episode. Well, thank you so much for tuning in from Europe. That makes me feel very fancy. So, okay. Okay. Let's let's dig into this one here. Okay, friend of mine. Let me think how I want to handle this. All right. Number one, I think one thing I've learned in my 20s and I need to add this to my list. I have like a list of things I learned in my 20s because I want to do a whole episode on it. One thing I've had to come to terms with in my 20s dating around. Not every man is meant to be your boyfriend. Just because he's a nice guy and he's a good guy doesn't mean that you need to force yourself in a situation where you're forcing yourself to be attracted to him. (laughs) I think that we we do this to ourselves and it's always backed by our mothers and other people. Like, it's just like we find a good guy and we're like, Oh my God, this must be the only good guy. I think he's disgusting and I never want to kiss him, but he should be my boyfriend because he's a really good guy. What in the fuck are we talking about? That is a friend. Okay. This took me forever to figure out through honestly ruining friendships with guys that I knew were my friends that I tried to force situations with. And it's just like, You don't like him, dude. You're not into him. If you don't want to do anything intimate with him, then that is just your friend. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to have guy friends. And I think sometimes we do confuse the niceness with attraction. And for me, it depends on what is important to you. But sex and and sexual chemistry is very important to me in a relationship. I I just that's something I can't I can't really do without. So I'm going to need that, especially in the very beginning. If it's not there, red flag. So I think for my my advice here is this is definitely your friend. It seems like you know that. And I think you obviously need to end it with him because there might be a woman out there who is so sexually attracted to him and is obsessed with him. And everyone should be able to feel the energy that that brings you and the energy that it brings a relationship. It's just really helpful in a lot of different ways, especially like where you're saying you've seen them. You've been seeing him for a little while now, but it's like still new. Like this is the time it should be so exciting. You know what I mean? And you deserve better. You deserve that. So I would get the fuck out of this situation. And I would also, I know it's bad to be like friend zoning. Like people don't like to be friend zoned really, but I would be very open and clear about this and it's going to suck. The conversation is not going to be fun, but I think overall it's going to be the best thing for both of you. And it's going to be one of those moments in your life that you're going to have to do something you don't like, and it's going to make you uncomfortable and probably hurt his feelings. But in the long run, I think he's going to be very thankful. And I think you're going to be way happier, obviously. And it's always our freaking moms who were like, he's such a good guy, Peyton. He's a good man, Savannah. No, I don't. He can be a good man. He can be a, my friend and a good man at the same time. So I think that's one thing I've really learned in my 20s. Stop stop trying to date guys because they're good guys. You, If you value sexual chemistry, you should also be looking for that and a good guy. Like there's some that could have both. 
we're acting like this is the only man in the world too. I, I know this feeling though. I know the exact feeling that you're having. So yeah, you don't need to date him anymore. That's not your boyfriend. Not your boyfriend, that's your friend. And maybe after y'all break up, if there even is like a time where y'all like not really friends, you can come, you can reconvene, right? I think that's okay. All right, Q4. All right, I met this girl in nursing school and we've been roommates for about a year now. I recently noticed whenever we go out that she's always trying to get attention from guys, which generally doesn't bother me, but I feel like she's giving off strong, quote, pick me energy, which is just annoying. I'm single and she has a long distance boyfriend. I'm trying to meet people too, but I like to be more relaxed. I noticed even when a guy is talking to me, she'll intrude and try to get his attention. Also, I noticed her copying me when she talks to guys and tells them parts of my life as if they were her own. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I confronted her about some of this in quotes. She, or in parentheses, she says just why she was talking to so many guys when she has a quote long distance boyfriend but I didn't tell her how her behavior annoyed me. I'm just wondering how I should handle going out with her because she's a good friend otherwise. Thanks so much, and I love your podcast. Love, M. So this one's difficult. One, I do understand the pick me energy issue. I know everyone knows a person like this, right? One thing I really value in my friendships is when I go out with my friends, it really is like friend-centric. Like, some of my friends go out to meet guys, and of course, we always end up meeting men usually out and about, but we have so much fucking fun to the point where we're all like, should we be more, should we be less tunnel vision, I guess, when it comes to like people around us? Like we are just obsessed with each other. It's so fun. So I really, really, really want that for every single person who listens to this podcast. I want you to be surrounded by women who just love each other so much that being in the sheer presence of each other <laughs> is distracting. We are obsessed with boys and we're obsessed with each other more somehow and just giggling and having fun, which is just the best. So this kind of person, I understand in stark contrast is so fucking annoying, especially when you're the single one. You're like, dude, you're supposed to be my wingman. You're supposed to be helping me find a dude. You're supposed to be putting yourself at the level of kind of like, you know, I have a boyfriend, but this is my hot friend. So I understand why that's annoying. Obviously, I think a lot of this behavior comes from just being insecure. We all have a pick me era. I don't care who you are. I don't pretend like you didn't do some kind of pick me shit. Obviously they were all different levels of pick me. I don't think I was ever quite like, <laughs> like this, but we all had that era. So we all get it a little bit right. And growing out of it is a rite of passage. Looking back on it is highly embarrassing. It's embarrassing to admit. It's literally the most embarrassing thing in the whole world I've ever done. And I've done some embarrassing things. <laughs> so that, that that's that. I see you. I'm trying to tell you. I see you. I hear you. I'm annoyed with you. Okay. Let's talk about how to confront this. So, well, one, her copying you and saying that she talks to guys and tells them parts of your life as if they were her own. That's giving me like a little bit of like lifetime movie beginning where like the girl's trying to be the other girl kind of vibe and then like take over her life. Not saying that she's doing that. I'm just saying that's a little bit scary to me and a little bit weird. Definitely a red flag. It's definitely something to notice. Definitely write that one down. <laughs> I'm glad you did. I'm glad you wrote it to me. That one's hard to to talk about because usually people who do that are the ones that are like, no, I didn't. I never did that. That's so crazy. They like gaslight you like you didn't. And then that's even crazier and scarier. So maybe we just put that one on the back burner. We just we note that in our head. Let's talk about confronting her. So I think when you confront someone, like you said, you're talking to her about how she's talking to so many guys when she has a long distance boyfriend. I think that that can come off judgy. And I don't know that that's the best way to get to someone and get someone to do what they want you, what you want them to do. And especially if you want to keep this person around, you say she's a good friend otherwise. 
I I don't think the judgmental stance, I don't think you were meaning to be that way. I think you were trying to keep yourself out of it kind of and go, kind of go more for like the easier, more low hanging fruit of it all, which is like the boyfriend. Like, why are you doing this when you have a boyfriend? But if she's your friend and she cares about you, she should be susceptible to you saying like, this just bothers me because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Less like, hey, you're doing this and you have a boyfriend. More like, hey, I notice X, Y, and Z things and I'm single. I'm trying to look for someone. Like, it would really be great if you could, like, be a wing woman and do so in this way or, like, make it fun and strategize. Iman and I call this marketing. Whenever one of us likes a boy, we will market a marketing strategy for the other one. <laughs> and we play into these marketing strategies big time. Okay. And we're posting on each other's story. I'm posting on my story for that guy to see it on, for Iman and Iman's posting on her. Like, it's just a whole thing. So we need that level of coordination here. And I think it would be good to bring that to her attention that you like to someone to coordinate these things with because you're looking for a boyfriend and she already has one. Right. So like, shouldn't the priority be you? I wouldn't say it obviously in a bossy or a bratty way, but just be like, hey, like I would really like if you'd be my wing woman, like let's make it fun and then notice her behavior after. Another thing I like to do when it comes to people like this, I mentioned this in a Ask P recently about the last one. I think about how this girl was saying her friend has a shitty boyfriend and she doesn't know how to, you know, get her out of the situation. I think that fluffing her confidence a little bit, not her ego necessarily, but her confidence could be helpful in making her feel more secure so she doesn't feel like she has to go out and do these things. That sounds like she might be a little competitive, which I'm just going to let you know I have noticed is something I don't deal with with friends literally ever. I did it for a long time. I was always like, well, they're competitive, but like they're so fun and they're so nice and I have a good time with her. And like, no, it always ends poorly. It's always a bad vibe. I always grow like wary of this person. I end up not trusting them because their true colors come out and they're insecure and competitive when it comes to men specifically. So it doesn't, to me, this kind of looks like this, unless she can learn to not be a pick me, which some of us do. All of us do that are not pick bees anymore. Okay. We're all retired. Um, this might end poorly, <laughs> but I would do your best to not be judgmental, to kind of talk about the subject more like how it affects you versus how like what she's doing wrong. You know what I mean? Because really only you all you can do is share your own feelings and opinions about things instead of like casting um, judgment on her. Similar to how we were talking about the sex in the one a couple before, like you can't really like you have to approach with non-judgment and be more understanding and, and voice your opinion saying like, hey, I want this or this makes me feel kind of things. All right. Last question. Hi, hi. First, just wanted to say I love the pod and I feel like it somehow always gives me what I'm needing no matter the episode. I fucking love that because I follow some people that are like that. Then I'm like, oh my God, how did how are we on the same wavelength right now? I'm looking for some advice on making new friends and getting to like the next level beyond just meeting them. I've done a good job of doing little activities to meet new people since I moved to my city, like yoga classes and walking clubs, but I feel like it hasn't gotten me anywhere. For context, I've been applying to law school, so that's kept me really busy and I live alone and work remote, so I have to really push myself to meet new people. I also know I won't be living where I am now in the next year, so I think part of me has been using that as an excuse. I'm really introverted and can be pretty socially anxious, so a lot of the times it's easier for me to isolate myself, even though I know it never makes me feel better in the end. Looking for any and all advice on how to stop getting into my own head and start making new friends. So I love the the topic of making new friends because I love and I hate it. I love it because I feel like prioritizing female friendships especially is so important to me. And it's something that has really changed throughout my 20s. I've changed, you know, I've, I've 
lost friends. I've made friends. I've had some of the same friends since college as well or, you know, since middle school, my friend's wedding I just went to. This The whole landscape of friendship in my 20s has been really interesting because I've had so many like surface level friends. I've had work friends. I've had really good friends. I've had college friends. I've had friends I don't see that much. But when I see them, we're the same exact way that we were. I have my going out friends. It has been an interesting near 10 years now. Okay. We're verging on 30 right now. And I have learned to compartmentalize friendships a lot because of this and realized that friendships can look all different ways. Not every friendship needs to be as deep as my best friend from college who I've told everything for the past 12 years, almost, who I met literally moving day my freshman year. So who, by the way, just had a baby, the freaking cutest baby of all time. She texted like a little group of us, like right when her water broke, like that's the kind of friends that we are. Like her water is breaking and she's mid group texting being like the water is breaking. We're going to the hospital. <laughs> like that's not all of our friends need to be that close. And I think it, it, it puts like a false narrative out there. It makes you feel like more isolated than you are when we, when we talk about friendship in the way that it always has to be, it's either your best fucking friend or no friends at all. You know, you don't want to be around shitty people, but there's levels to this. You know what I mean? And for me, I would say macro level, big picture, if I'm thinking about maybe a time in my life that I've been through something similar, maybe this is a time that you just have some isolated, you know, not isolated. I was going to say isolated incidents, isolated conversations with people at your walking club or at yoga. Or you go to, you know, lunch with a friend of a friend or you go to drinks with a friend of a friend or whatever it is or a work friend, whatever it is that you're doing. You don't want to actually be isolated because it's not healthy on like truly for your health. I've read a lot of recent studies into that. I've actually been looking at blue zones a lot. I don't know if you all saw the Netflix show, but it's talking about how people live longer in certain areas and it's diet and, and lifestyle and things like that. And a lot of the time, lifestyle involves connection. So I'm not going to say connection isn't the best thing ever, but I will say we go through seasons in life. And if you know you're not going to be in this town for a while, I don't know that you need to be setting up like lifelong friendships unless it just happens to you. So I wouldn't put so much pressure on yourself. I wouldn't be so, you know, trying to force it, which it really doesn't sound like you are. You kind of sound like me where you're like, I could just stay home. I would let yourself if you want to stay home, stay home. You're applying to law school. That's a fucking bitch. And you're going to be out of that city in a little while. So maybe this is your time to get your shit together. Like maybe this is your time to like do all your workout classes you need to do, do your yoga classes, maybe pick up a new skill, spend time doing that, spend time on FaceTime with the friends you already have or your family, go on dates. That's kind of fun. That's Those are friends and they'll pay for your food most of the time. So I would go on dates if I were you. That's actually probably the best idea here. Even if it's just like going on dates and then like going out with a guy and his friends to a bar and like meeting some girls through that way. Like there are so many ways to meet people that can end up being your friend, but don't put a lot of pressure on friendships that everyone's going to end up being your best friend and you won't be in the city anyway that much. But it sounds like you're almost looking for permission to stay in. And I'm saying, stay in if you want one, you can, you can take things easy sometimes. That's okay. <laughs> but if you're wanting connection, one, I would say go on dates. Cause that's all like I have so many dates, quote unquote, that I've been on with guys have led to me meeting like their guy friends or, you know, guys I've talked to specifically meeting their guy friends and then meeting girls through them. And like we have weird connections with other friends and then those girls become my friends. You know what I mean? And dates give you something to do. It gets you out of the house. You're practicing. You're like interviewing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm a big fan of the date situation. And then otherwise just indulge in your little friendships, have fun conversations with people you don't know super well, get to know them a little bit better, practice talking to people. That's the skill that you're going to need as a lawyer, right? So I would just use this time to focus on yourself and allow yourself to have maybe some friendships that aren't the best friends ever. 
because it doesn't really sound like you need them. You're not going to be there for very long. All right. So last thing I will say, because I had a couple of people write in about how they have also low blood pressure, which I discussed in two episodes past and this last episode. Um, And I've discussed how I feel like everyone has black mold in their house. I feel like there have been so many people with mold in their house. So this is not medical advice. Obviously, this is just something that someone wrote in to me, but it might be helpful to you as well because I was like, wait, I need to get this test. So this girl writes in, she says, I'm a really big fan of you as a person and the fact that you're so mature yet fun and so easy to love. I'm glad you think I'm mature (laughs) because sometimes a track record says otherwise. I wanted to reach out to you because you mentioned low blood pressure and black mold recently. I legit had this called CIRS in Lyme, another variation of CIRS. They're both biotoxin biotoxin illnesses. I'm a wellness micro-influencer and my story literally came from Lyme and mold. I also mentioned I'm a micro-influencer at Synthesis of Wellness because I understand that you probably don't have time to read hardly any of these. Ha ha. Well, I'm reading yours. Hello. So y'all can also follow this girl. However, since I had to spend thousands of dollars and years getting a mold diagnosis, I had to reach out. If anything, test C4A protein in the blood. There are about 10 other markers to test, but if you are still unsure whether it's worth it to test those, I'd start there. I also use Shoemaker's Protocol to get rid of mine. So because some of you guys wrote about how you have low blood pressure as well and just like some of the other things that I've been dealing with, I thought this was a really good tip. Again, y'all can follow her at Synthesis of Wellness. And I'm actually going to go creep her right now. But I'm really interested to see what Shoemaker's Protocol is. And I'm definitely going to go get tested for that. It's really good to know what tests you need because it fucking sucks that these things are so hard to figure out. I saw a new thing recently called the Pronovo or whatever that like scans your entire body for a ton of illnesses that I really want to do. I think it's a couple thousand dollars, but it might be worth it because goddamn, like they do make it so hard to figure out if I have a serious illness <laughs> and I have insurance. It's impossible. So anyway, that was a note that I definitely wanted to end on. And then for my note to self this week, I have said this many, many a time, but I continue to find my type A self doing it. My note to self is to stop trying to control outcomes and control my life. I just need to let life happen to me sometimes. I need to roll with the punches. I need to be in my receiving energy, as they call it. I need to utilize the feminine energy in me. And I need to stop controlling situations and just letting things unfold. Because some great things in my life have happened recently when I stopped trying to control the conversation or the plan or the narrative. And I feel like I've done a good job of letting this go, but I I could do more for sure. That doesn't mean work-wise. I think what I did was like let go a lot work-wise and then my personal life, I didn't really that much. I need to let go of my personal life and do less so of that work-wise. So that's my note to myself this week. Stop trying to control things. Just let life surprise you because life can be pretty surprising sometimes. Pretty exciting, actually. So there's my note and I have nothing else to tell you. It is getting late and I'm so excited to go sit down with Iman and have some wings and a beer because she just texted me and said, I have cramps and the only thing that can... Made me feel better as having wings and a beer. So that's what we're about to go to. (laughs) But thank you guys so much for listening. Come find me on Instagram. Come find me on fucking YouTube because I'm posting now. I will try to post that long, the episodes, once I figure out someone to do my thumbnails as well. And I will talk to you guys next week. 
Thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. You can catch a new episode of Note to Self every Thursday. Please, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. I always want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec. Follow Note to Self on social for all the behind the scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at Note to Self Pod on TikTok. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.